1: Welcome to the Align Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Align Enquirer publisher here with you. And I figured it's a good time to start a Big Ten roundtable yet again. Trevor Valise Field of 68, great producer at Field of 68 with Jeff Goodman and all those guys. And, of course, Isaac Trotter, 24-7 sports, becoming a national uh, analyst, writer for 24-7 sports, doing a great job. Uh, What's up, boys? Isaac, how you doing, man?
2: Good.
3: Best time of the year. How are you guys?
1: Uh, doing great, Trevor. How's uh, everything at Field 68? You guys seem busy.
3: It's good. It's very busy. I was telling you before the show, it's like a weird confluence of your favorite hobby mixing with a ton of work that makes it a uh, conflicting feeling sometimes when something exciting happens and you know it means you got extra work to do, but it is exciting to watch. But it's all good over here. Busy time, but I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: All right, guys, we want to get into, we're going to do kind of our Big Ten regular season superlatives, and we're going to have our Big Ten tournament draft, uh, which is harder than ever, I believe, to predict winners of this. So we'll have a little bit of fun with that, see who we think is going to actually uh, win this tournament this weekend. But I want to start here. This is an Illinois podcast. This has been one roller coaster of a season. So give me whatever Illinois take you got, Isaac Trotter.
2: Yeah, I feel like I still don't know anything about this team. It's like, the more I watch, the more confused I get about their future, their upside, and what it is. I think we're just kind of along for the ride at this point. And like like we've talked about before, like I think we'll know when we see Selection Sunday and we see that bracket if they have a really good chance or if it's going to be really, really tough. Some of the latest projections where it's like, hey, you get Arkansas in the first round, and if you win, you get Houston, maybe not so much. But I think there are certain aspects of this team that are still super alluring. I think when you talk about having two lead guards that can go get you 25 that's a really big uh, asset in the ncaa tournament but the fact of no lead guard the jay nepp situation the questions about this depth it, it's tough to really buy into this team it's also really tough
3: to give up on them too
1: Trevor, what do you think
3: yeah i almost want to take it one step further than isaac and say i don't even care what the matchup is i, I feel like at a certain i mean obviously to a certain extent it matters right but with this team it just feels like I, where, where's the Lante button from Radio Days where he says, hell, I don't know. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I, I got nothing. Like, just throw the ball up and see what happens. I genuinely am exhausted from trying to, and we have to do it, right? And I'm not blaming anyone on your side for doing it, but I'm exhausted from the micro of all of this. Like, I just, yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen game to game. We know it's possible. We also know it's very not possible. I have a strong feeling that even though all of the I. Twitter seems to accept that they could either lose by 20 or win by 20, that if they lose by 20, it will be a meltdown and an eruption. But it's just one of those things where the pieces all make sense, and if you haven't been watching them game to game, you can certainly look at them and say, well, that looks like a team that could do really well in the tournament. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but if they draw Nevada and they don't really care about Nevada and they take them lightly and the game's at 11 a.m., like, they could absolutely get run out of the gym. No. So I, I don't know. I throw my hands up. I genuinely
1: do. Remember your your Cubs were we go or he go, we go with Dexter yeah. Fowler. It's, it's Matthew Meyer. Matthew Meyer, if he, if he gets hot, uh, Isaac, I feel like this team's got a real chance. Uh, if he's not awesome, um, I don't feel so good about this team. But he's kind of the whole X factor and why I can't quit this team. But he's also kind of the reason you get frustrated by this team. Not him by himself, but um, he's just kind of the epitome of this team.
2: He totally is and the thing is is that like I keep going back to his Baylor NCAA tournament days and if you watch that that team he, there'd be so many times where he's standing with his hands up in the corner wide open he just doesn't get the ball so when he got the ball it was like oh it's immediately going up I have a feeling in the NCAA tournament it's going to be a lot of those similar things like when he touches it it's going up and I, at the same time like I just look at his efficiency from an offensive standpoint. He's he's one of the elite scorers in college basketball from an isolation standpoint. I think you can post him up and do a lot of things. His pick and roll numbers have been fantastic this year. Like for the most part, you've gotten everything you've wanted and then some out of him. And then there's still like this big like, is it all gonna click? Is it all gonna come together? I, I don't know. I think we'll all find out together. He's capable of winning you a few games in March and just having that option, just having that guy that you have. It's a whole lot better than last year or the years before where you're like, man, let's hope we get the right draw. Let's hope we can play our game the right way. Like, it really does feel like this team is matchup proof in the way because Matthew Meyer is matchup proof. And maybe those bigger games, like, that's what you brought him here for now it's time to see for him to, you know, make that NIL money
3: worth it.
1: <laughs> and, and you do have the length and athleticism to be pretty good defensively uh, as long as you're locked in from the start. Uh, R.J. Melendez, I think, is playing really well on that end. We know Coleman Hawkins is. Uh, Ty Rogers has been really good on that end. Anything else, uh, Trevor, you, you want to see uh, in the postseason or you're looking at going into the postseason with Illinois?
3: Yeah, I think Danger's recent skid has been – Interesting to monitor, just in terms of again. That's probably more matchup dependent on how much, how much you'll be you'll be seeing him. Um, but I, I do think that's one thing where, if it's the right matchup, I could see him having a really good game and people going, "Oh, you know, we forgot about Danger a yeah. month ago, and he sort of just you know faded into obscurity, and now here he is coming up big in the tournament." So I think that's something to watch. And again, Shannon is so good when he's just like, "Screw that."
1: when he's aggressive yeah
3: when when he's aggressive and and so i just i wonder if and slash hope that we're going to see a shannon that is like that for 40 minutes a game because this is this is you know this is it this is for all the marbles here so i think that would be one thing to monitor too is not one half where he takes one shot and it's an ill-advised three and then one half where he drives eight times do that in both halves like just screw it you know like that's one thing i'm looking forward to yeah, and we saw that in the second half against Purdue, like that Chase on
2: block, like you see you see that play developing, and you're like, he's four steps behind him, and he caught him. You just saw like the the burner turn on for him, and it's just like, like is this team gonna have like that seniors die hard moment where it's like these old guys kind of understand like this is this is it, like this is my last real r- rodeo, like let's let's get this going, or, or are we still gonna have a situation where like I mean I'm listening to Coleman Hawkins presser yesterday and he talks about how like they couldn't get up for Penn State at Penn State cuz the atmosphere like like come on man like like this is this is this is it like if there's no more bigger atmospheres like there's no more like gimmies anymore like this is it and so like i don't know if this team can just flip that switch and automatically be like well we care like yeah. we care now. And like that, that's just weird to me. That's just really weird to me, but they're not the only team in college basketball like that. So maybe you get a chance.
1: Uh, yeah. Those three need to be leaders. Um, I think Matt's by example. And just by scoring Terrence is being aggressive. Uh, Coleman, I, I think needs to be an emotional leader uh, at, at times. Cause I don't know if there's, um, you know, Luke Goody can be that and try to be that, but he's just not the player um, capable of, of being that at this point of his career.
4: Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. All
1: right, let's dive into the Big Ten though, because the regular season is over. Purdue wins the league by three games. I did not have Purdue, I don't think, in my top five. Um, So they could qualify as maybe the biggest surprise of the Big Ten season. But let's start off our superlatives with that. Isaac, who is your biggest or what is your biggest surprise of the Big Ten season?
2: No it definitely is Purdue. I think it was a situation where we thought that Purdue whiffed in the transfer portal and the more you hear about what they did in the transfer portal, they were really close to making some big big waves. I think they, they had a really good chance to get Nigel Pack. I think they had a really good chance to get Tyrese Hunter. And if you add one of those guys to that mix I I wonder what the conversation about this team is but their consistency for the first 22 games of the season is just unmatched I didn't think a team that young could be that consistent and I you know I I, Matt Painter's somebody that's really easy to root for Mm -hmm. and so to see this group come together and gel the way that they have and you know it felt like early in the season lawyer was carrying a big load now late in the season it's Brandon Newman it feels like every different guy they have all these different pieces and just them winning this league by three games obviously you could point to the schedule a little bit but kudos to them they've, they've done what they need to do and this is a team that we thought was one of the big losers in the offseason and we were kind of wrong Matt painter proved us wrong again
1: yeah Purdue picked to finish fifth in the Big Ten he had they had one first place vote in the athletic poll Trevor what's your biggest surprise
3: yeah I think it depends on how literal you want to take it I mean if we're just looking at at preseason poll difference it's Northwestern I mean they finished 11 <laughs> spots higher they were picked to finish 13th they finished second but
1: they're picked I, to finish behind Minnesota
3: that's right <laughs> yep good times preseason polls uh I, I think Purdue's the answer just in terms of you know losing Ivy losing Travion losing Stefanovic, you lose Eric Hunter to Butler and you're kind of looking around like what is going on here like you're losing your veteran starting point guard to Butler like what's happening and obviously it, it turns out for the best but just to be different because Isaac said Purdue I'll say Northwestern because I don't think anybody saw that coming um it's It's so weird if you look at Chris Collins' seasons and teams because there's truly no rhyme or reason to it. You know, like he returns everybody from a tournament team and goes 14 and 18. And then he returns everybody from a bad team last year and finishes second in the Big Ten. I'm not really sure what to make of that. um, But obviously, Boo Boo and Audige... It's probably saying more about the Big Ten than them, but have been one of, if not the best backcourt in the Big Ten this conference season. So I'll say Purdue or Northwestern.
1: Yeah, and I, I've said this before. I don't think they do anything pretty. They've, they've been better defensively, though. I think Matthew Nicholson has a lot to do with that. Audige uh, certainly has a lot to do with that. Um, but it is Northwestern. I remember, Isaac, uh, we had Big Ten media days, and Chris Collins sitting there saying, we got we got these old guys, seniors, Baran, Bowie, and Audige. I'm like, they're not very good. Like, So does it matter? It ended up mattering. So so Chris Collins wins Big Ten Coach of the Year. I, I had a, I had trouble b- between Matt Painter and, and Chris Collins for that. I did vote for Chris Collins uh, because it is amazing that they won 12 games in this Big Ten. All right, on the flip side of that, Trevor, we'll start with you. Biggest disappointment of the Big Ten season?
3: I, I've got an obvious one and then one that doesn't make any sense, but I'll explain it. The obvious one to me is Ohio State. I think they finished eight spots lower than they were picked in the preseason poll when you look at that on paper they still have all the talent in the world to compete I don't know what happened there I mean you know I I hear a lot of things on my zooms from from Goodman and others everyone's confused by that I don't think there was one it's not like you know well since the ball went down halfway through the season and it just collapsed or you know there was a chemistry issue in the locker room and it just collapsed I don't know what's going on there but it just completely melted down I mean at one point they were ranked they were Did they beat North? No, North Carolina beat them, I think. But that was like a really good top 25 uh, non-conference game. And I don't know what happened to them, but it just completely fell apart for Ohio State. So I would say in terms of where we thought they would be preseason to where they are now, that's kind of the glaring disappointment. I'll say Maryland for this reason, even though that makes no sense, right? Because I don't think anybody thought they'd be good. They finished three games back of first place and were just atrocious on the road. I mean, if they beat Nebraska on the road, if they beat Penn State on the road, you know, they were up 20 in that game and lose at the buzzer, they they easily, I'm dead serious saying this, they easily could have tied Purdue for first place in this conference if they didn't just completely crap the bed on the road. So as an underrated sneaky one, I would say Maryland, just because of how Jekyll and Hyde they were, but to me, Ohio State's the answer. Yeah, Ohio State's definitely the answer. The other one is Illinois, I
2: think, has yeah. a really strong case. Like Maryland, Illinois had one of the easiest Big Ten conference schedules. And to go 11-9 and nine with arguably the most talented roster in the Big Ten, that that's frustrating. And you look at, oh, you got Penn State twice, 0-2. You had multiple games against the bottom four teams in the Big Ten. No one other than Maryland got to say that. And so for Illinois to finish 11-9, I don't think it's that surprising in that regard. Like the, it isn't that stunning. A top 5 finish in the Big 10 is still good, but like when you looked at this roster and you compared it to others, you felt like Illinois might have had a talent upgrade and they were not able to quite get the job done. I'll not have it's the right answer, but if you're looking for a sneaky one, Illinois kind of missed this opportunity to go for a second straight Big 10 title.
1: No quad one wins in the Big 10 as of today. Like that could change. But as of today, no quad one wins uh, in the Big Ten, which has something about their schedule. But also, uh, they weren't able to win uh, those big games. Uh, you guys missed, yeah. By
3: the way, about the fact that I think it's incredibly stupid that your games aren't locked in as the quad that they were when you played them. That's just my yeah. opinion. Like, if you, I understand Wisconsin was not number eleven in the country, right, when they came to Champaign. But like, that was a good win, yeah. and 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 it just feels like you get a good win in January. And then Tyler Wall gets hurt and Wisconsin sucks, and now it's not a good win in March. I mean, it was still a good win in January to me, but I digress.
1: Yeah, and they got a couple that are just like borderline quad one, quad two. They're great against quad two. Um, they're 7-1 against quad two. You guys didn't say Michigan. Um, this is three out of four years, I feel like, the regular season for Virgione Howard has been a disappointment given the talent. He's got 121 season, um, the controversial Big Ten regular season title. Um and they were great that year and, and made the Elite Eight, right? Like, And then they make the Sweet 16. So he's had NCAA tournament success, and maybe this team can find a way to get in. But if they miss the NCAA tournament, this, this is a huge failure. You have two potential first-round draft picks. You have a former All-American center. And you have Michigan's appeal in the transfer portal, all of that, Isaac. And the fact that they enter on the bubble... Entering the Big Ten tournament, I think, is ridiculous. It's way too talented of a team, and I just feel like the lineups have been odd, um, and just the close games, they have not been able to win any.
2: Yeah, close games, I think, is a skill. Winning those games is a skill. I, I, I you know a lot of people will be like, oh, it's a coin flip. You're trying to win half of those, and sometimes that happens. That's fair, but it is a skill, and there are teams that are really good at winning those close games. Michigan has not been you know you can look at the threads on twitter about their late game shots it feels like every single one is a 30-foot heave you know last game against indiana season's on the line you have kobe buffkin throws the pass off the back of hunter dickinson's head in overtime when you need a three it's like some of these things are really really weird and so you're up you know, seven you at up
1: the- illinois with a- two minutes left <laughs>
2: Yeah. You look at some of the efficiency numbers, and Michigan's efficiency numbers in Big 10 play were actually really good. <laughs> they finished with I think the second best efficiency margin of any team in the Big 10, which is weird, but like that doesn't excuse the fact that this is a roster that has underwhelmed. I think this is a this is now the third year of the last 4 years that Juwan Howard has a losing record in close games. I don't think that's like an anomaly. I think that's a trend for a reason. And and that's something that's really frustrating. Their lineups like you talked about were really really frustrating they didn't get their best five players on the floor they still don't play their best five players and i don't
3: i think it's going to cost them an ncaa tournament bit all
1: right let's say yeah
3: a awful off season by the way like like you talk about the portal and you know having appeal i mean they lose frankie collins for i don't know what reason both um both guys go to the draft you thought maybe one of them would but they both end up going i don't know it was just obviously they swung for terrence shannon jr couldn't get him for whatever reason it just seemed like to me you know you, you add again right Llewellyn was like what the third and four years of like the, the mid-major guard that you try to turn into the high major guard obviously it didn't work this year just because of injury but I don't know that was just another offseason that maybe looking back on it you go like that was just weird I mean they didn't really add anybody they lost pieces that they didn't necessarily need to lose and obviously it's not really translated
2: well losing Frankie Collins is on Juwan Howard like when you know his camp was going to get frustrated by adding another guard and you still go add one that that's kind of on him. Like what would you rather have a senior Jalen Llewellyn or a sophomore Frankie Collins? Like who, who do you know? Like I, I thought that Frankie Collins could have been a breakout star in this league. So whether, you know, Frankie Collins leaving, that's odd. Maybe they were trying to pitch, Hey, let's have three lead guards together. But this it's college basketball. Like you, we have way too much player movement and freedom of movement to think that you're going to get three lead guards on the same roster who all are going to try to play 40 minutes. You're not going to, that's just not going to work. And so that's on Howard to lose a, to lose an asset like that, like Frankie Collins was, and he's had a really, really solid year for Arizona state.
1: All right, give me your favorite team or player to watch in the Big Ten, Isaac.
2: I like the sophomore breakouts this year have been really interesting and fun to watch Juju Reese at, at Maryland's been really good he gotten a lot better I think he really transformed his team with his ball screens and diving to the rim and being able to finish through contact and then the other one is Kobe Bufkin I really enjoyed seeing his sophomore breakout and <laughs> despite everything going on at Michigan Kobe Bufkin just got better and better and better and just con- completely transformed his body and became a really really good defensive player and a go-to offensive weapon so these breakouts off We were talking about it before. Hey, who's the next Chris Murray? Who's the next Johnny Davis? Maybe we have a Jaden Ivey type of breakout in the sophomore year. And a couple of those guys did it just not maybe at that
3: exact exact peak, not lottery pick peak. Trevor, who you got? I said it a month ago, and I'll just stick by it, even though it might be awkward this week for Illinois fans. I just love Pickett and Penn State. I really do. I feel like if they get in the tournament, they could win two games. I genuinely believe that. Now, I don't know if they're going to get in. They're right on that bubble right now, which is what makes a statement like that sort of funny to say about a team that maybe isn't even in. But I, Pickett is just one of the – it's just crazy how he literally could match up one through five and score on any of them. In a variety of ways he has so much versatility i love everything shrewsbury has done with that team obviously they're pretty three-point dependent right that's the sort of thing where you take a flyer on them in a tournament setting because maybe funk and lundy and those guys are all hitting from deep and if they don't they don't right sort of like illinois in that sense but i just love that roster construction i love what shrewsbury's done with that team and i just love watching Pickett play
1: you guys know who i'm going with right Yes, we do. Tominaga, man. I, and I loved watching Nebraska at the end of the year. They like, they were an embarrassment. Fred Hoiberg looked like he was going to get fired, even though Nebraska didn't really want to pay him. Uh, but, man, winning, what, seven of their last nine games, five of their last six? Uh, it's it's pretty ridiculous what they were able to do towards the end of the season. Derek Walker got second team all Big Ten. Yeah. Um, which is says something from the coaches, but does some Coleman Hawkins things as kind of their uh, point center. But Tominaga is just a joy to watch. I remember texting you guys about that last year, and then this year he's just a really good player. He's just a ridiculous shooter. You
3: were on it early. Uh, he's just fun.
1: He's fun, <laughs> and I get it. He looks different than everybody, but he's also really a baller. <laughs> he's and he's got a killer instinct to him. So um, you know, kind of like you know, Nebraska ended the year kind of well last year. Won a couple games. Uh, were competitive towards the end. I feel like they built on that eventually this season, and it feels like a little less transfer-heavy. You know, they got some pieces there. Um, That's what Minnesota's got to figure out at some point uh, is just building on that, and they were more competitive towards the end of the year. But uh, I wouldn't want to play Nebraska right now, and I don't think anybody wanted to play Nebraska late in the season. So, least favorite team or player to watch?
2: Isaac. I mean... I mean, I hate to say it, but like there's, there's nights where watching Minnesota just drives me absolutely insane. And then I also watch Wisconsin play and they drive me absolutely insane. And then when Wisconsin plays Minnesota, I, like it's just like I'd rather drive a pencil through my eye like it is horrid it's a horrific experience watching those two teams play each other like Wisconsin's offense this year has been one of the worst in college basketball and late in games it's like dribble 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 shot like it's like the ball doesn't move there's very little like creative offensive sets the personnel off the bench is not Big Ten quality level, and then Minnesota is just a complete train wreck, so both of those two teams take the record for me, because I just, it was a real, real struggle to be like, oh, let's flip on
3: Wisconsin tonight. Really excited to watch what the Badgers have cooking tonight. Throw in the fact that in a a last John Gross season-esque way, it seemed like they could not fall off the bubble to save their lives, except (laughs) now it seems like they may be out. That was an extra annoying part of that, right, is is you see just terrible late-game execution, loss after loss, and every bracket show, here I am making a graphic with Wisconsin in the last four-in. And I'm just like, what, what What can they even show you to to fall off the last four-in? I'll say Michigan for the points you laid out earlier. I like watching some of their players, but just watching any late-game execution moment for Michigan is like just a giant face palm. So I'll, I'll yeah. say that to to say something different, but I agree with Isaac that Wisconsin's a tough
1: watch. I would go with Michigan because there seems like there's a untapped potential there uh, based on some, some decisions and how they play. Uh, Wisconsin is a tough watch, though. So for for a team that's competitive, Like, there's just not a lot of talent there. Um, uh, It'll be interesting to see where they go. I'm never going to count out Wisconsin. Like, oh, this is finally where Greg Gard fails because next year they'll be a top four team or something uh, in the Big Ten. Alright, Big Ten awards were announced yesterday. This is the content everybody wants. Who is snubbed? Everybody gets Big Ten honors, basically, but who is snubbed from this, Trevor?
3: I mean, you're not going to like me for these content answers because my answer is, I don't know. <laughs> Jameer Young Jameer Young bounced between third and fourth on Ken Palm in the Big Ten in terms of player rating, so maybe you look at that first team. I I'll had him first team, by the
1: way. I did.
3: Okay. I'll throw out your guy. I think Tomanaga should have been somewhere on something. He was nowhere on any list. Just for He's on my ballot. Just, it's just for pure fun. Uh Maybe Joey Hauser. I think he had really good numbers for Michigan State. To see him nowhere in the top three teams is a bit surprising. But I don't – I'm not sitting here pounding my fist on the table saying there's one thing that just really pissed me off about this.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you, Trev. I think – you know, one thing that bothered me a little bit, I thought Cliff O'Marui should have been the co-defensive player of the year. I thought Caleb McConnell winning de- co-defensive player of the year for Rutgers was a little bit weird because, if anything – Omaruri was their most valuable defensive player and did a lot more for them and was the reason why Rutgers' elite defensive team this year, they were the best defensive team in the Big Ten, one of the best two-point defenses in the country. And Omaruri was the reason why. I thought McConnell's was a little bit more, like, Mm resume-based, like, oh, he's the player of the year last year, so we're going to throw him in this year. Rutgers wasn't, like, he wasn't as impactful defensively this year, I didn't think, for Rutgers. I thought Omaruri was, and I thought he should have been the co-defensive player of the year. And then the other one was Painter think matt had a really good case to be coach of the year I, at worst case i thought that he should have been co-coach of the year but other than that i thought for the most part they weren't they weren't horrible big 10 awards this year
1: yeah I, you know i ended up voting for collins um and i, I didn't feel great about it it's kind of like you know terry moran got it for the women but shauna green was the most so i kind of i i terry moran deserved it i could have voted for shauna green i didn't vote in those but it was one of those of who it's basically goes to who overachieved the most based on preseason expectations and Purdue overachieved a ton based on preseason expectations, but Northwestern did even more. And, and I do think he coached really, really well, but so did painter. So like I had a really hard time with that one. Uh, I actually thought about player of the year for a second. Uh, if Indiana would have won a couple more games, I, I think trace Jackson Davis had uh, a great case for it. I think he's a better overall player than Zach Eadie. What I didn't understand, I did vote for Edie, but what I didn't understand is Edie on the all-defensive team. We don't get a vote as media for defensive team. Um, He's big. He definitely influences a lot. So did Kofi Coburn. He never got on all-defensive team. I think Isaac had metrics that Kofi was a better defender. So I don't know if it should have been Coleman Hawkins or not. Isaac, you dive into this stuff a little bit more than I do, but I just thought Edie led the Big Ten, I think, in blocks with 2.8, so he was on the all-defensive team. I think that's a little lazy. And that was coaches doing it.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely is, and that, their Big Ten coaches aren't the only one to do it. We saw it in the SEC too. Uh, SEC Defensive Player of the Year was Liam Robbins, even though Colin Castleton, longtime friend of the pod, is a big time big time defensive player who did not end up getting defensive player of the year it, it happens all the time I kind of wonder if these coaches are just so enamored with getting their team ready for March that they just go hey what like who's at the top of the list of the blocks boom just get this like let me get this vote in and so I can move on with more important things in my day like that's kind of how it
3: feels and or it, they it hand it weird. to their
1: SID their sports I was going to say players.
3: over <laughs> under five and a half big ten coaches who genuinely sat there and punched in a vote themselves
2: it's a good number <laughs> That's a good number.
3: That's a great number. Paykel uh, definitely po- voted for himself because he
2: would not ever, like, he, he really respects end-of-the-season awards. His guys, like, he lives off of it, so he had to do it.
1: I think these guys care about it. I think it's clear they care about it. But, um, yeah, this is coaches' Awards. I, I was kind of surprised about that. All right, let's get into the Big Ten. Can they have a successful NCAA tournament? I don't know if this is the year we predict that. But who is the team you have the most faith in during the NCAA tournament? Trevor, I'll go with you first.
3: Uh, I want to say Indiana. My only hesitancy there probably is that Iowa game a few weeks ago. You look at that and you're like, oh God, that 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 is still within them and <laughs> even at home, right? And that's sort of frightening to think about in a tournament setting for a team that lost to St. Mary's very badly. I mean, the wheels just completely fell off in that game. Maybe they were gassed right after their Big Ten tournament run and, and the first four run, but I, I want to say Indiana. I, I think my underrated answer is Michigan State. It's one of those things, I'm not going to be the eighth person to say January, February so because that just annoys me even though it's true. They've been one of the hottest teams over the last three weeks. If you sort on Torvik, you know, you can sort by date. I think they're like 15th, 12th in the country over the last four weeks, just overall in terms of how well they're playing. Obviously shooting helps with that and they've been really good shooting-wise lately. So I would say Indiana would be the the more obvious answer of a team that has the pieces to go deep but I would say never doubt Michigan State especially if they get a good draw to, to make a second weekend or, or beyond.
2: I can't agree with you more like Michigan State is trending in the right direction I think that their guard play has been really really good moving Tyson Walker off the ball has been really helpful turning him into a scorer, not necessarily a distributor. Jaden Akins shooting the cover off the ball Joey Hauser is playing well. They've now switched, or now they're playing more Malik Hall at the five instead of getting getting Sissoko off the floor a little bit. They kind of play small a little bit. And so Tom Izzo and Matt Payne are two guys that we talked a lot about in the offseason. Ah, oh, didn't get the job done in the transfer portal. Now they're kind of heading into March, where you feel pretty good about what those teams could potentially do. It's it's funny how this all works out this way. So I, I definitely agree with you, Trev. I think Michigan State is, is – they're one of those teams where I feel like they're actually sneaky deep with what they have. Like they have enough big men to play a team that has a traditional five. And then if they're going small, like they're fine to go small too. So yeah. I like what they can do. I think they can play in multiple different ways and, and Izzo give him his credit. He is pretty good. Mark.
1: Yeah. We're not supposed to all agree on this, but Michigan state was my pick too. Um, listen, I think Purdue, they get the best draw. So I, I feel like I would still predict them the most likely to get to the sweet 16, but Michigan state can shoot the lights out right now. Uh, their defense is pretty good. And, and as you said, they, they got a lot of veterans, man. And Tyson Walker's capable of going off. I love what A.J. Hogarth does for that team. And Joey Hauser was an all-Big Ten pick for me. He's, he's had a really, really good season. So uh, continuity has worked out for them. Uh, we, we focus on transfers, but retaining players is really important. And Michigan State was able to do that. Uh, I still I, I like Indiana because they got the two stars, right? Uh, can their other guys step up if J- jalen hood Shafino doesn't go off we know trace jackson's gonna play well but jalen hood shefino is gonna be so key for them and a freshman in there you never know i still want to buy maryland guys i really do i know they're bad on the road they're pretty good on neutral <laughs> so far this year i mean they took tennessee down to the wire and their metrics are great like you want a top 25 offense top 35 defense they got both both those things. Um, And they got some veteran guards like Jameer Young and some versatility with their forward. So Michigan State, Maryland, Indiana would certainly be mine. All right, team, you have least faith in during the NCAA tournament. Isaac.
2: It's hard for me to get on board with what Iowa does. You know, I I think lately in the NCAA tournament, I think you have to find a way to get some, form of stops. I'm not even saying they need a high uh, defensive efficiency rating on Ken Palm. They need to maybe force turnovers that lead to easy buckets. Like, that's another recipe for it. We saw it with Miami in the tournament last year. And I was not even doing that at a high level right now. So, it they're they a team that, like, they, they're they the ones that are like those paper tigers where it's like, hey, they look really good some nights with the 95 points that they <laughs> can score. But in the NCAA tournament, teams with that statistical profile usually go out a little bit early. And then, you know, the other team that I, I just – like I, I think Rutgers is dead like yeah. there's something up with that team like if they make the NCAA tournament I, I would not be scared to play them at all ever since Moat Mag got injured they're they're just they've just completely tanked on the on the offensive end and uh, honestly their defense has gone from elite to like pretty good and so like that that's a problem for me they're not very deep at all so Rutgers and Iowa are the two teams that I feel like they're just too flawed on one end of the floor to advance deep in
3: March.
1: Trev.
3: Faith complete trust or confidence in something to happen (laughs) illinois is my answer because (laughs) i have absolutely no complete trust or confidence in any one thing to happen i rest my case it's great i mean how do we argue with it like it's it's just the truth
1: can i say i don't buy northwestern (laughs) still isaac can i say i don't buy northwestern still Oh no,
2: more, more more power to you. I will join you on that one. But uh, they've 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 just proved us wrong all year long, I know. every single time. I just don't understand it. But the thing is with them in like the NCAA tournament, like I think there are teams that will out athletic them. Yeah. Like they're they're not some like freaky athletic team. And like there's times where their offense gets really, really like, Hey, let's hope Chase Odige is making eighteen foot step back twos. Like that that's a little rough.
1: Yeah, the one thing they do, they play defense and they got a guard who can go get a bucket. It's not always efficient, but they do have that. So uh, I wouldn't doubt that they could win a game or two. All right. It is time. We used to do this every year uh, on radio. Lante and Sean Harrington, I believe, did it with us. And then uh, we did it on the the Jeremy Warner show as well. It's time for our Big Ten tournament draft. We each take a team. Um, We're going to go 12 teams deep here, so we each get four teams. And it's simple. Whenever a team gets a, a win, you get a point. So we're going to fill this out now, and we did a random uh, draft order generator, and Isaac Trotter, you got the first pick, Trevor got the second pick, I got the third pick, and we'll do a snake uh, after that. So uh, Isaac Trotter, you get the uh, first pick, which this this is as difficult as I think it's ever been of trying to pick teams of who you feel confident in winning.
2: Nebraska, because they get to play Minnesota first, and I like the matchup with Maryland. And there is a chance they could play five games, so volume here. Nebraska is my first. Wow! Volume. Wow!
1: They were high on all my right. board, Isaac. I did a quick board here, and they were very high on that board. So I don't
2: we're big you. board guys. We anytime yeah. we have a draft, we all always have the boards lined yeah. up.
3: All right, I had them like sneaky fourth and thought I'd get away with it. So all right, this is hard, man. I I, I think you have to look at. These conference tournaments are tricky, right? Because I think you want to target either who's playing the best or who's the hungriest. Who cares like, the I most? Like, <laughs> right. Like, I don't think Purdue is going into this thing like, we got to win this. I mean, they just won the title. Now they want to stay at one seed, right? But I don't think they're the team that is the most mo- motivated of any team in this thing to win. So it's tough to try and peg, you know, okay, who actually wants to be here versus who doesn't. Um, I think the lower half of the bracket is a much more favorable draw to any good team in that half than the upper half. So, I kind of want to stay lower half here. I guess I'll just go Indiana. It's sort of an obvious chalk answer, and they're only going to get three cracks at it, but I think they can win all three. They've never won a Big Ten tournament, so I think they have a little bit of hunger on their side for that. So, I'll say Indiana.
1: Yeah, Indiana was number one on mine. Nebraska was number three on my board, so I can't blame you uh, for that, Isaac. But, all right, I'm going to go with Purdue. They're the one seed. I think they'll beat Michigan or Rutgers. And then, you know, I, I know they look beatable, but they still won 15 Big Ten games. So uh, I'll go with Purdue at this point. They still got Zach Eady on their team. Oh, the other one I'm going to go with is I'm going to stick with that bracket. Maybe I'll, I'll double down. Rutgers ain't winning a game, so I'm going to go with Michigan. Uh, playing for their NCAA tournament lives, it'd be a quad one win for them, potentially get them in the tournament. Uh, so I'll take the Purdue-Michigan. You got the one and the eights. I can get a couple wins out of both those teams right there. So I, I might have ceilinged myself there, but I feel like I'm going to get some wins.
3: You guaranteed yourself one victory if That's you right. think Rutgers isn't going to win.
1: That's right.
3: Um, give me Michigan State. I think they can win four games in four days. I do too. I, I, I like I like their draw. I'll take Michigan State. Trev, my only issue with Michigan State was
2: they, they played ED single coverage twice and – Izzo was like totally
3: fine with letting him score 40 like yeah would they do that a third time in a row I don't know I I like the juju of having two close games against them and not having one either yet um but your 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 analysis is far more analytical than mine there so you might be right I, I think if they get Iowa again I think they beat them then you're either facing a Michigan team who's already won two games in two game two days or a Purdue team that They've played tough, even though they've sort of let Edie go off. I I think they can win this thing. I like, again, they're the hottest team in the Big Ten right now, so I'll roll with them. That's fair. Um, I'm going to
2: also stick with, like, what Jeremy did, and I'm going with Maryland, Mm -hmm. so I can, like, 100% guarantee that I advance a couple times with the Maryland-Nebraska sandwich. And then, uh, because I get the next pick, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: God. Yeah, do it.
2: I'll go with Iowa. They feel really good about themselves in this arena. They felt confident last year. Their style of play leads to winning in this thing, and I'm not scared of Ohio State or Wisconsin at all. So, And they played Michigan State, obviously have the, the advantage over them after that wild one game. So I'll go Iowa.
1: Trevor?
3: Hmm. I want to do it, but I also don't want to do it. Um... <clears throat> I wanted to guarantee myself a win so now I'm staring at Ohio State Wisconsin but god that's just disgusting um, I'll take Illinois he's doing it
1: and I will take Penn State because I feel like they can beat their first two games and they're playing for Fair their N- they are as motivated as anybody playing for their NCAA tournament lives right now um, and then uh, let's see we got Northwestern Ohio State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Rutgers.
2: Yeah, don't forget, Minnesota is still on the board, contrary to popular belief.
1: You know who else is motivated? Does Northwestern have a Big Ten banner anywhere? Uh, Big Ten basketball, man? Let's go with Northwestern. Double down, get the Northwestern-Penn State combo there. All right, Trevor, last pick.
3: And the two seed goes in the last round, and he's still <laughs> unsure about it. That should tell you everything you need to know about that. Um I'm going to roll the dice on one of these 13 or 12 seeds because I think either could beat Iowa if Iowa's having an off night. So I will go with Wisconsin, and I hate it.
1: Wow. I'd written Ohio State before you said it. I thought you were going them. Isaac, last pick. I
3: mean, that means I, that means I have to take Ohio State, right? I mean, there's still something to play for, right? Ohio State's done. If Wisconsin wins three games, they're in. That's true, but what would I – like? I feel like my Ohio
2: State brand would look really bad if I didn't pick them. I That's mean the, true. the Buckeyes
1: That's are the true. better team right now. as crazy as that is we to are.
2: say. All right, I'm going to Ohio State. I All think right. they can again, we'll go with That makes me have two teams playing today on Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> in in Ohio State and Nebraska.
1: Yeah. So my n- brand
2: has never been stronger. My Bryce Sensab brand has never been stronger.
1: So the teams we did not pick uh, are Minnesota and Rutgers. I asked this of Trevor before we got on, Isaac, but uh, who would you take first, Minnesota or Rutgers?
2: <laughs> Rutgers.
3: <laughs> I went with Minnesota. <laughs>
1: I would go with Minnesota. Rutgers looks I feel like Isaac
3: else. has the most blow up potential here, but he also has maybe two guaranteed points that no one else does. Yeah, so, so Isaac, I,
1: I, I I'm a fan. Is is repping the Nebraska basketball Nebraska ball brand. Uh, I love the Nebraska pick. Uh, but Isaac's got Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa, and Ohio State. Trevor's got Indiana, Michigan State, Illinois, Wisconsin. I love your first two picks there, Trev. Indiana, Michigan State. I got Purdue, Michigan, Penn State. Northwestern. I feel like I only got one team that can win it. I feel like Trev's got the best teams that have the best chance of winning it. You're nice
2: and balanced though. You got two and two. Yeah, Yeah. I was gonna say, Jeremy. Though you you say, I feel like I only have one team that can win it with the first and the second seat in the bracket.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Hey, maybe Northwestern can can shock everybody. Um, All right, guys. Any any last thoughts before we get to the Big Ten tournament?
2: No, I think Trev's bracket's the best because he can get Michigan State, Indiana in the finals. I feel like if if I could pick a final today, that would probably be one of my picks, and that
3: might be that might look really smart later. What can I say? I, I put a ton of research into that. And <laughs> no, I do not. Um, but I'll leave I'll leave you with this. I don't think Chris Collins wins Coach of the Year if they finish ninth, and if they lost their last game, they finish ninth. I think that was more of a just like a headline award than anything else. I'm not taking anything away from what he did, yeah. but. If you got right. Chris, Chris Collins in the room before the season, he's not saying, "Look out, we got a group here, guys." So I don't know. I, th- I think that was just sort of a, a grandstanding award. But
2: Chris Collins winning Coach of the Year then leaving Northwestern would be a really funny storyline.
1: Oh, can we can we end with that? Who yes. is most Carousel. likely Who is most likely filling a coaching job this offseason in the Big Ten?
3: Penn State, Iowa.
1: And aren't those really intriguing? (laughs) Like, I think Northwestern could be on that list, too, because I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Collins decided to look around and be like, all right, this is as good as I can do here. Uh, I'm getting out. I think think he would have some stability after this year. Like, he'd have a couple years. But Shrewsbury to Notre Dame makes so much sense. But there's been the buzz about Fran to Notre Dame. I didn't know Notre Dame was this big of a job that maybe three Big Ten coaches could be involved here, guys.
3: And Porter Moser wants it as well that's four high major coaches all vying for notre dame which is not something i thought we'd have
2: it's i think we could be set up for a very fun coaching carousel which is like it like there's there's fingers everywhere like what happens the dominoes if this guy leaves and then this guy leaves and how does this open up and we see it in the big 12 and the big 10 like and then the calipari thing is still a 100 a real thing like there's a there's a lot going on here we could i mean we could see like 10 power five different coaches like kind of move around that that's kind of absurd
1: i think it says something about the acc how down it is that that they see that as a huge opportunity um and how difficult the big 10 possibly could be um uh, but also like who would have thought fred hoiberg would be on stable ground. And Chris Holtman, after a five and fifteen season. All that noise, like they were they get those freshmen back outside of Sensiball, Isaac. That could be a a popular top five pick next year in the Big Ten.
2: Totally, totally. And you know that they can get guys out of the transfer portal. Hopefully they they hit on the ones a little bit better this year, but they definitely do. They have a really, really good foundation. Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale probably get our power back that's that's the bones of a team i'm guessing i'll probably have him
3: fourth again next year it'll be great <laughs> love anything as much as isaac trotter loves ohio state basketball rotations that's that's my advice to you
1: Derek piper big ohio state guy in the preseason as well all right trevor release thank you man
3: thanks that was fun
1: isaac trotter thanks man enjoy the tournament anytime that was fun I love having those guys on they're my friends Uh, obviously used to work for me both Isaac Trotter for a while as our intern and he's gone on to do great things at 24-7 Sports National doing a lot of college basketball coverage he's really good at it he's just uh, he's a rising star and he's going to be huge in this business and then Trevor Vlase could only hold on to him for a little bit Uh, he was doing some production for us um, you know doing the the YouTube channel all that helped me get that off the ground but uh, Jeff Goodman stole him away from me but I was so happy for the kid because kid He's, he's a he's a young man, but um, doing big things at Field of the 68. And those guys know college basketball because they watch a ton of it. I kind of watch a lot of Big Ten. They watch a ton of national college basketball as well. So great insight from them. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. That really helps us out. We appreciate all the support happening there. And, of course, we've got plenty of content at IlliniEnquirer.com previewing the Illinois basketball postseason and of course we got Illinois Pro Day which is going to be I'm told probably the most well attended uh, in recent memory given that Devin Witherspoon a potential top 15 top 20 pick uh, potential top 10 pick we'll see Um, is going to be in attendance and working out for NFL scouts. I usually get some scouts there. I would imagine we're going to get some coaches, some GMs, uh, checking out Devin Witherspoon. So that's coming up on Friday as well. So a busy week, busy weekend for Illinois athletics, and you can check it all out at IlliniEnquirer.com. Leading into Selection Sunday for both men's basketball and women's basketball. All right, everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast.
0: Bye, everybody. Streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. Are, it's the feel good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley one love. Ready PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.